Welcome to episode 55 of Prestige Performance, where I speak to athletes, coaches, psychologists to find out their secrets in achieving high performance. My name is Jimmy Williams. You already know that. I'm a trainee, sports psychologist and CBT psychotherapist. Today, I'm buzzing to be joined for the first time on this podcast, actually, an athlete from my hometown, Clonmel. Today, my guest is a new national elite senior boxing champion, Sean O'Keefe a first women's senior elite title for Clonmel Boxing Club. Shauna, welcome to my podcast. Thanks very much for having me, Jimmy. No problem. First of all, congratulations on your victory. What an achievement. Thank you. Um, I'm buzzing. I'm absolutely buzzing. I still think I'm on a bit of a high, to be honest. Has it sank in? Um, I'm not really sure. I took a... See, I've been non-stop since I won with family um, coming home and having to bring them to airport. And I went straight back to work Monday morning. So it's just been all go because like I have a job outside the boxing. So I have to still uh, perform at work and stuff. So it's been non nonstop. Sunday night now, I sat back and I reflected on all pictures and I had a good cry. And I think it really sank in now Sunday night, but it took over a week to do it. Um, I still tend to look at the picture and I'm still like kind of, whoa. Um, I can't believe it. It's like it was a long process to get to where I am um, to win it. I started boxing at 14 years of age and I had a long period of time where I was out. I was out for six years and for three months I came back the 4th of October and I worked so hard to win that elites and um, the hard work paid off and I won it. Um, so yeah, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. It has been a long process and we will move that shortly but it must be tough to juggle a job, training? Um, yeah, it's harder than you think, but be- believe it or not, it, it teaches you to um, manage time that bit better. There's so many minutes and so many hours in the day and there's so much you can get done if you manage it properly. So my days, so I'm working in Abbott, so I work days one week and week evenings the next week. So because I had so much work to do, I had a lot of weight to lose. I came back to boxing at 70, 76.8 it's the first week of October, and that's when I started to lose weight to get back down to 63. So I got up every morning at 5 o'clock before I started work at 7, and I went to the gym at half 5 to half 6. Had a shower and went into work 7 to 4. And then I'd go boxing training in the evening time, half 6 to 8 o'clock, and that, that was every day. For the first two, three months of boxing between October to nearly the first week of December, I was training twice a day every day. But it was my addiction. Um, I loved it. I managed it well. I didn't overtrain. It's just the way I had to. And then when I'm on evenings, um, so I start at four o'clock. I'd be in the gym in the morning at 11 o'clock for an hour, an hour and a half. I'd go to work at four o'clock. And I was very lucky to approach my supervisor at the time um, to ask him, could I put my hour break together? So you get a half an hour and 25 minutes or 35 minutes and 25 minutes, two separate ba- breaks on um, your evening shift. They let me put the breaks together between seven and eight, and I got to go boxing training four nights a week as well, and then have a shower and get back on the line till one o'clock. If I didn't have that opportunity to go training in my evening times, I would not have made the elites. So as you can see, you can learn to manage time yeah. and can do it. Don't get me wrong, it is quite hard, but you reap the uh, rewards when it all works out in the end. Uh, like I became a lead champion by juggling a full-time job and training. Some of the weeks I was doing 10 to 12 sessions a week. Like So it's huge. I suppose that's the side of it that people don't see, isn't it? Training on your lunch break. 
yeah, people don't see the hard, hard work that goes behind the scenes. They just see the boxer in the ring. But they don't see behind closed doors like all the hours of graft and it's not just the training side of it it's the sleep management it's the prepping your food it's every, managing stress stress is a massive factor like before my all Ireland, i um came off all forms of social media for three to four weeks before my the weekend of my fight i turn off my phone i won't even speak to anybody because you could get one wrong call someone could be upset you could see something and it just it ruins everything. Your mind needs to be 150% clear for you to be able to perform and show up in that ring. What was it like there when I introduced you as the national elite champion? How did you feel? It had a nice ring to it, I thought. Yeah, it's um, it's still kind of, my heart kind of still sinks into my stomach every time I hear it. Um, it's, I, It just takes my breath away. It honestly takes my breath away. It's been 14 years, it's been a long process. I've had so many setbacks and to finally get it after three month preparation that's what's blowing my mind the um work that i put in in such a small period of time to get to where i got imagine where i'll be in six months to a year time there's internationals coming up this year and i plan on winning gold the biggest one is european games in june it's a qualifiers and i'll be going to 63 kilos and i plan on bringing home a gold medal for my town for my club 100 percent. brilliant it is a case of third time lucky for you. Previously, you've been beaten in the finals by Katie Taylor and Kelly Harrington in 2016 and 2017. Martin Fennessy said in an interview that no one was beating her this year. Was that very much the attitude in the camp going into this? 100%. Um, I actually, it only came into me, uh, into my brain um, last night. A little reminder. So when I started in Abbott, it was the 4th of October, and that's the day I, I came back boxing fully, and I didn't miss a day since, and that's where I made a vow to myself that, that were, that's where the preparation was going to start for the All-Irelands. I started that day, and I told the supervisors that I was working with in Abbott on my first day, it was my introduction, I'm going to need this day and this day off in January as I'm going to go to the All-Irelands, and I'm going to be in the final, and I'm going to win it. That is how sure I was. Um, I told myself every week, every day and every week I was going to win those elites, but I only told a small few of people. Nobody even knew I was back boxing, uh, Jimmy. I kept it really close to myself. My family, I didn't even tell too much of my family either because they had to kind of see it to believe it kind of thing. So I kept my cards really close to my chest. I worked so hard and I just knew. I was actually having dreams like six weeks before and seeing my hand uh, raised um, winning the elites, I found myself in, in a conversation with people thanking them for all their support after I won the elites, like six weeks before. That's how sure it became. I was seeing it before I even did it, you know? So yeah, I was 100% sure. Let's go back to what you said a minute ago. You said it's been a long process. The victory is even more impressive, given the fact you did have such a long time away from the ring. Six years, you said. What were you yeah. doing in between those six years in terms of boxing? So after I boxed Kelly Harrington in 2017, I got better with decision. And to be honest, Jimmy, it was one of the hardest defeats of my life. And I didn't deal with it very well, but I've learned an awful lot from it. I will never, um, I'll never let a defeat um, defeat me like that again. I'll just rise to the challenge and I'll come back stronger. But um, she was the one woman I really wanted to beat and I knew I could. Um, the first round I started slow and that's what lost me in the fight but I was that close and she's Olympic gold medalist so I'll always hold that to my chest and I'll be very proud of it 
But I um, was in the ring two months later, uh, down in Cork, and I ruptured a ligament in my elbow. And um, I went to the top doctors, and they did um, a small surgery, so a bit of keyhole surgery, to repair the ligament. And um, the worst off surgery would have been full ligament reconstructive surgery, but they didn't want to do it because it would have prolonged as um, getting me back in the ring. So the first surgery didn't work. It cost €4,800. Um, private and nine months later I was going getting a full ligament reconstructive surgery it's a baseballer's injury it's very uncommon in um, boxers but sure I'm the most un- I'm I'm the most unfortunate boxer uh, when it comes to injuries and that's no word of a lie I look after myself but unfortunately I end up in these bad predicaments where I get injured and um, but I, I ended up out the ring for um six years due to injury and injury loans so what I did for the six years I actually qualified as a PT a personal trainer at that time in 2017 so I, I carried on with a career as a personal trainer I always looked after myself I've always been fit um to a certain extent I just didn't box and I was living in Dublin then um for eight months and I moved back in September and I made a vow to give up PT and, and come back boxing as I was healthy I was healthy I was mentally and physically well enough to come back. So I came back and I've given it everything. I'm not going to let anything get in the way of it now this time. You mentioned injuries there. I'll come back to that in a moment. Uh, You said a minute ago when you lost to Kelly Harrington, you learned about yourself. What kind of things did you learn about yourself? Um, I've I've learned not to let the defeat defeat you. Um, you take the good with the bad. Um, how you are as an athlete and how you are as a high-performance athlete is how you take the bad. The good is always very easy to take, but how you manage the bad, I think that's what makes you an athlete. How you bounce back from it, how you don't let it define you, how you don't let it break, uh, bring you down, um, how you don't uh, pretty much let it defeat you. It's all about the comeback. And unfortunately, that time I didn't... I didn't manage it very well because there was a lot riding on it. Um, there was a lot going on in the background with other talks over me boxing Katie and then um, Kelly not. And there was just a load of just other stuff in it. And I just, I knew in my heart of hearts I was good enough to beat her. And then when I got bet in the split decision, it was just, oh, it was heartbreaking. I fell down the um, canvas and I cried and everything like Stuff like that you shouldn't do. It's you shouldn't let it happen because unfortunately it just wasn't my day. It was nothing against Kelly. It was just I didn't turn up in the first round. So it's it's on me. I shouldn't be reflecting it on anybody else. You get me? And you should just go back to the drawing board and then just work hard. Because like realistically, if I didn't let it uh, defeat me and I didn't go back in the ring when I wasn't ready and get injured, God only knows where I would have been the last six years. You know, they're the different things you'd see and you'd vision, but can't really reflect on um, the last six years. I think even with the way the last six years went and I'm back now, I think now is my time. I think that's their time. Then they're, they've they've um, grown a lot in the last six years. I think I've grown a lot as a person in the last six years and now I'm mature enough and I'm ready to take on everything in regards with my boxing now. Brilliant. So you mentioned there you've grown as a person. I've asked you, what did you learn after that defeat? Now I'm going to ask you, what did you learn about yourself as a person, just in life in general? Um, so there, I kind of can let things get on top of you. Um, and I end up kind of 
managing them not really great in regards I could I don't know go on self-destruction but it's self-destruction on myself not on anybody else in regards like going out drinking and just not being the good athlete I can be um so that's and that's another thing that ended up happening for the six years I was going out and I was kind of partying a bit um but it was it wasn't doing any harm on anybody but it was harming myself because I know I'm not that type of person I know I'm a person that goes by lists I'm a person that goes by schedule by routine I'm an athlete and I've been born an athlete I've been put on this this earth to be an athlete and um to be better than I can be every day and I kind of let myself down the last few years not being that that person and obviously with injuries also um that had a lot to play in it but um I learned to grow as a person to stand on my own two feet um take responsibility for my actions and not reflect them on anybody else not blame anybody else um I'm actually I've actually become one of the most positive people you'd ever meet no matter how bad things are around me I'll never reflect it on anybody let alone show it because there's no point there's I always say there's um there's someone out there worse off than you which there is so there's no point dwelling over these little like inconvenient things like do you know so yeah I'm I'm really happy with the person that I'm becoming every day and I've actually even grown so much over the last four months it's it's actually insane it's really good my coaches have seen it my family have seen it up in Dublin they literally turned around to Martin the night my semi-final they were like who's this girl where's the maturity after coming out of it and I was like I was like it's just it's common and I'm I just plan on getting better and better every day embracing life and uh, be very grateful and blessed for what I have and make everyone proud every day as well as myself that's all I want to do the old drink is a devil isn't it it is and I'm quite happy to say I'm <laughs> done and I will have to be happy if I never drink again I plan on being European and world champion next year and being off to drink over a year and that's that's my goal. That's my plan because it's it's no good for anybody. It's no good for our for performance. It's no good for mentality. It's no good for health. It's no good for anything. To be honest with you, Jimmy, and nobody. There's not many people in the world that can do it in moderation. I think it's all in or nothing. So I would much prefer to be that person that has that has nothing to do with it because I haven't drank in the last few months. I stopped drinking the last week in September. And my life has transformed. Like I live for going to the gym on a Sunday morning. Like live for it. Being fresh, it's just your mind is so much clearer. Uh, more money in the bank, which is a massive thing. The money that people waste, like um, over Christmas for an hour to meet my friends, because I didn't obviously want to be too isolated, getting ready for the elites. And I drink soda water and lime. That's what I drink when I'm out. And seeing people spend the money that they spend on a night out, that is such a waste. I'm like, you're just crazy. And then you're waking up the next morning with probably 150, 200 euro down, a banging headache, and like not after enjoying your night. When I went out for an hour, drank soda water lime, had a great crack talking to everybody that was at home in bed by nine o'clock. You said there a minute ago, you really like how you are as a person now. Uh, something in my work with athletes I do, not just improving performance, it's improving and maintaining mental health. I think this is really important to achieve high performance in the big moments. And research does actually show that individuals with a higher sense of well-being, I suppose, can persevere when things get difficult. What kind of things do you do to maintain a good sense of well-being? 
So my uh, my um, exercising is a massive factor. That is what kind of keeps me at bay. And my boxing, um, one hundred percent, is what keeps me level headed. It's what keeps me grounded. If I find myself getting stressed out, or there's something going on, or anything, I go training, and it just I train the stress completely out of me. I'm like a new woman. I meditate an awful lot. Um, I journal an awful lot. Um, setting goals, being organized, um, doing stuff like that. That's what kind of keeps me level headed and um, keeps the stress down. And then I talk. My brother Christopher Sheen, uh, Cricky. Um, if I've any issue or anything or anything that's getting um, on top of me or bothering me, he'd be the first person I'd ring. And he's like a Buddha now. Like the the wisdom he comes out with, um, Jimmy is just insane. So he helps me an awful lot. And podcasts. So I'm mad, mad, mad into podcasts. Uh, Jay Shetty, the diary CEO, list goes on. I just turn on one of those and I'm just like a new person straight away. Um, yeah. So just stuff like that. Anything to do with wellness and um, mental, mental health, I, I'm all for because uh, with boxing. And like you said, with a highlight, last week now, I was completely flatlined and I was getting so like, I'd say worried was I ever going to feel normal again because I got so drained from the fight I was just I just couldn't get the energy back in my body to me no matter how much I tried the weekend just mentally and physically drained me and I was just like oh my god I just want to be back to being able to perform and train and I was like oh my god is this ever going to go but Monday morning I woke up it took over a week like Monday morning I woke up and the energy was back I felt great but sure then had to come out of work for two days got the worst migraine I've ever gotten in my life and I don't suffer with migraines so I don't know is that a backlash of everything that went on over the last week and stuff so yes um even after the high can come the low but it's how you deal with it don't get overly um don't get overly caught up with it and don't let it control you or put you down or anything take it as it comes because it will pass over time it will pass but the more you dwell on it the more you worry about it and the more you want it to go the more it's not going to go do you know so you just take it out and take it on its straight kind of thing but yeah mental health is a massive thing when it comes to athletes um boxing boxing is an individual sport and it can become one of the loneliest sports you ever are in even when I was on the high performance a few years ago, I found myself getting really badly disconnected from my family in the outside world. And that's when I'm going to make sure it doesn't happen now. So when I train on the high performance, I'm going to try when I'm not when I'm not training, I'm going to work. So I want to keep my relationship with my job and my, my people in my work. Make sure I still make time for my family and everything because you can get so closed off and caught up in that world. It's so unhealthy. It is so unhealthy. You need a balance, even as a high-performance athlete. You need a balance in your life and structure with going to the cinema, seeing your friends, just little things. It doesn't need to entail to go out and get absolutely hammered. Absolutely not. But you need a balance in your life. You can't just be all, all high-performance athlete. I just don't believe in it, to be honest. That's what may, may make your uh, mental health suffer more than anything, to be honest. You um, isolating yourself. I agree. I totally agree. I think if people place all of their identity into the fact that they are an athlete and everything they do is geared towards being an athlete, I think when they are injured then, or when they stop being an athlete, I think that's when the problems can start. Of course. They won't know who they are. Talk to me about Clomwell Boxing Club, Martin Fennessy. I think Martin does great things for the young people in Clomwell. What kind of influence has he had, Neil? Uh, just put it this way, um, 
the relationship I have with Martin, he's just, I, I look at him with the utmost respect, to be honest with you. Um, he's the only person, apart from my brother Cricky, in my life that I'm, I don't ever want to let down and I hate letting down. I started boxing with him when I was 14 and uh, I was a, yeah, I was a mouthpiece of a child. Like I just, the attitude I had and everything, it was just so bad. Within six months of uh, being in the club, my family and friends and family and stuff used to go up to Martin and just kind of shake his hand and say, well done. Whatever you've done, you've done well, because my attitude completely changed. I learned discipline. I learned um, just mannerism. I just became a nicer person and it calmed down, calmed down an awful lot. I found a love for it straight away and my career shot off for the first few years. Got injured then when I was 16 and that kind of took a toll for a few years as well. I've had more comebacks. It's a holy fright. I don't even know how they keep up with it. Like, But every time I do come back to the club, they open me with they open um, with open arms and they take me back every time. They never, ever stop believing in me. There's times where I didn't even believe in myself. And with the belief and the trust and care that they have for me, that's what kind of kept me going and kept me in the boxing. That's without them, it, it wouldn't have been possible. I wouldn't have made the comeback I make made made either. Um, Jimmy, in the last few months without it, when I first came back, I was so heavy and so out of uh, condition. It was desperate. It's probably the worst I've ever been. Six weeks into it, I had a meltdown with my coaches, and I was like, I can't do this. I'm too old. I'm just not able. I was just crying. I was just like, I can't do this. And they just had the biggest chat. They said, if there's anyone that can do this, Shona, if there's anyone that can pull this off, it's you. So just that belief and yeah, that's what kind of kept me going. And that's what made me, um, that's what helped me win the elites. Yeah. And a question from Becca last. Well, Becca, sound for listening. This one is in relation to losing to Kay Taylor and Kelly Harrington. She wants to know mentally, was it difficult to come back from those defeats? Were these defeats in your head at all going into the final? Um, so Casey Taylor definitely definitely not. I wouldn't class that as defeat. I I won in that uh, fight because I had everything to um gain. I'd nothing to lose getting in that ring. She was my idol uh, since I was fourteen, and getting the opportunity to share the ring and actually lasting the four rounds with her. And I think I won the third round. They gave me the third round and everything. So. For coming back and that even after, with that fight, I came back after being out of the ring as well three years and I was only back in the ring three months again. So like I make the, I don't know where it comes out of, but I end up making these massive comebacks. I could be missing for years and then I end up just jumping in and just doing whatever. But I've never been afraid to get in the ring with anybody. That's one thing that I can say about myself. But um, in regards with Katie and Kelly, no. Kelly's defeat did absolutely kill me. I'm not going to lie, it did. But I learned an awful lot from it. You have to learn from your mistakes. If you don't learn from your mistakes, you won't grow. And as everyone can see, I've grown so much over the last few years. But in what I could carry into the elites um, in 2023, there was no Kelly Harrington, there was no Katie Taylor, and there was no Amy Broadhurst in that ring. Amy Broadhurst is world gold medalist, and I... I bet her so well in 2017 before I boxed uh, Kelly Harrington. So like the three greatest fighters in Ireland and in the world. Um, I was in the ring and I was just about up there with, with two of them. Obviously, Katie Taylor, she's different world classes. But I still got the opportunity to share the ring with her. So I'm up there. So if it's none of them in the ring, then I've no problem getting in the ring. The only thing that you could that could happen with anybody else that's not in their calibre 
I could get myself bet. To get me, the only person that could beat me in that ring is me. So I'm the one that has to show up. I'm the one that has to perform. If I don't show up and I don't perform, that's what's going to get me bet, not the other person beat me. Do you get me? Yeah. My yeah. sense, my sense of you is, you strike me as very confident, very assured. So I'm wondering, do you get nervous before these fights? Yes. Um. So. The semi-final, I was very worried before the semi-final because I had no nerves, Jimmy. And you need to have nerves. That's what grounds you. That's what keeps you at bay. That's what keeps you ready, keeps you alert. But when I was driving up the Friday night, because I stayed up there the night before because the weigh-in was at 8 o'clock, I started getting butterflies. And there's the nerves. There they set in. They came at the perfect time. Like, my preparation all along, it wasn't, it was a bumpy ride, I'm not going to lie. It was only in the last two, three weeks, and even in the last, like, five days, where everything just started to mold together. I peaked at the perfect, perfect time. So, between peaking at the perfect time, getting the nerves at the perfect time, everything fell into place. It couldn't have actually worked out more perfect, to be honest with you. I think people's perception of the butterflies, once they kick in, they can either use them, or the butterflies will kill them. Yeah, you have to learn to manage them. So how do you manage them when they kick in? So with butterflies, and when, when you're nervous, it's kind of fight or flight kind of um, feeling. So a lot of people um, can just get worked up. There's a girl I know that gets so, so, so um, worked up over nerves. It actually kills her before she gets in the ring, and you can see it. She's mentally defeated um, before she even gets in the ring because you'd ask a question like, uh, how are you feeling? Are you ready? Uh, I don't know. The minute they say, I don't know, they're, they're gone. They're mentally not even there. That, In my view, I don't even know is it worth their while showing up to the elites because you have to have confidence. You have to have reassurance. Even if you're that nervous and that unsure of your ability or how you're going to turn up, you still have to tell yourself that. I'm confident I'm going to win this fight because you um you show the confidence and you show the reassurance in yourself to the other person. That could get in their head before even uh, before the bell goes and the first punch is thrown. It's how you carry yourself. I am 100% very confident and very sure now of my ability. Now more than ever. Um, I, I knew I was a good boxer, uh, Jimmy, but I never had the confidence I have now or the belief in my ability than, than I have now. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was the fact that I was up there with the lads and they were so high up and I put them on a pedestal so higher than me. And I never saw myself as being as good as them, even though I was. But now I do. Now I do. That's why um, uh, the night in my All-Ireland final, um, anyone that saw me, they said I could have got in the ring with anybody. The reason why that is, is because the belief I had in myself, the reassurance I had in myself, I knew no one was taking me down that night, Jimmy. And when you have that bold confidence and you have that reassurance in yourself, oh my God, it's so hard to defeat. 100% it's so hard to defeat. I want to ask you about the weight on fight day. What time are you fighting? At six o'clock. It's a lot of waiting around. And for me, I find when I'm doing a gig, so if I'm doing a gig at 10 p.m., I'm waiting around all day to do it. That's when I start getting nervous. That's when I start kind of going into my head a little bit. I'm wondering how do you manage like the weight all around up until the fight? So the semi-final, I actually wasn't in the ring till 7 o'clock for the semi-final. So the wait around was much longer than the finals, to be honest with you. 
the only good thing that I had at uh, the hotel, uh, Louis Fitzgerald Hotel, let me stay in the hotel till I have two, three o'clock, Jimmy. So I sp- I have my own routine now that I use uh, before my fight. So I get up early, I get my, do my weigh-in, I have my breakfast, which is the same breakfast, scrambled egg toast, porridge, and I bring up watermelon. I might have a protein yogurt and just really, really um, fuel up for the day. Use my electrolytes, the whole lot, rehydrate. I'll have a little nap. And then when I wake from my nap, I have meditation that I listen to. It's gratitude, uh, manifesting a goal and beliefs. So I listen to the three of them one after another. I sit on the bed, but I have my legs vertical. So it's just resting my legs. My physio, uh, Paula Kern, she's um, adamant. She sends me on a list as long as my arm in the morning and the fight stuff to do. Like, So that's my routine. So that's done. And that brings me right up to half two, three o'clock. The uh, day of the semi-final, the weight now was... It was horrible. So I went in and I watched a few fights and then it was just dragging out, it was dragging out. And I get itchy feet. Yeah. My coach said I managed it really, really well. I was very calm, but I wasn't. I was like a Duracell bunny. I was sitting, I was standing, I was running, I was walking, I was doing this, I was doing that. And it wastes energy. Like it really does waste energy. The thinking about it, the just the constant moving. I just couldn't sit still, but I boxed unbelievable for the semi-final um it was perfect the final then um between the time of arriving getting togged out getting my hands wrapped warming up before i knew it, it was in the ring and it was just over um that was it so the semi-final i had a lot more time to think which was harder and it wasted energy the final it actually flew the best thing I'd um, um, I'd advise people to do, if they have certain music they like listening to, bring their headset and listen to their music walking around. Lie down, listen to a bit of meditation, calm yourself, cool yourself, keep your eyes closed, visualize what you're going to do in the ring, visualize you're walking up, visualize the crowds, everything, just so it prepares you mentally and physically when you get in the ring because the nerves can be daunting and it's full crowd, the whole lot, but I find... No matter how nervous you are, the minute that bell goes, it all goes. You're in that ring, you're in that moment, you're ready. The punches are flying before you know it. So, yeah, it is key. It's all about preparation and how you manage it, the time and the butterflies and the nerves. But you use them to your advantage, it will work for you. But if you don't don't use them, it works badly against you. I think the meditation is great advice. You know yourself when you're nervous, your body is flooded with energy, your thoughts can race. I think if you don't manage that correctly, that weight is potentially the most damaging part of your preparation if you can't deal with it. 110% it is. I have to believe it. It just burns you out. Absolutely burns you out. And it's it, it's kind of soul destroying that it can come down to that, that that's what actually kills you. Your preparation all along can be so fantastic. And you have all the key components there. And then next minute, then it comes down to that one performance. And it happens a lot. They just get shy. There's a lot of boxers I know that are absolutely exceptional in Ireland. And then they go out foreign and they bottle it. They keep getting better and like split decisions. And like, like that's why it's soul destroying. You'd you'd actually prefer as an athlete to get absolutely battered than get better in a split decision. Because you know in that point, there's more you could have done. That's what killed me with Ke- Kelly Harrington. I could have done more in that first round. That's what lost me in the fight. But I know that now, do you know? So you're better off to make sure. My coach has a key, um, my coach has a key phrase. Leave it all in the ring. Don't bring it home in the car. 
Mm. And it's probably the, one of the most key phrases because you don't want to be bringing home disappointment. You don't want to be bringing home anything you should have left in the ring because what's the point? Being disappointed about it on the on the way in the uh, car when you could have done it and left it in the ring like you're supposed to. So that's one of the massive things I think that would kill me if I don't do enough. But I always manage that one fight. I didn't, but I do. I, I never stop. And I know I don't. The only thing I did in the this the final in the third round, my coach told me to go on back foot. It's the first time I ever went on back foot. So I, lo- I like going forward. But it worked in my favour because I won this first two rounds so well. I didn't have to get into a brawl. And she pulled it out of me so much, I ended up in the canvas in the third round. So, yeah, there's sometimes you have to turn it on. Sometimes you have to turn it off. But just make sure you never bring anything home because that's the most in- disappointing thing a boxer can deal with. We've spoken about your strengths. We've spoken about what you've learned from defeat. I actually want to ask you about some, maybe weaknesses is the wrong word. I'm going to call it lesser strengths because I think in order to achieve high performance, we need to reflect. And you already mentioned that you do reflect. I think having that self-awareness of where we need to improve is crucial. So what do you think are some of your lesser strengths, if I can call it that, that maybe you would like to work on? Um, so the lesser strengths that I know I do have is overdoing it, Jimmy. Um, not stopping when I need to stop, but I've actually, believe it or not, I've learned how to do that now. Um, I was terrible as an athlete. Uh, Martin Fennessy had called me, I've been like a horse that needs to be reined in. And that's the way I've been my entire life. Everything's 110% with me. There's no 50, 60, 40. I never learned to bring it down. I always turn up 100%, which is, it's not feasible. You can't do it. It's too taxing on you. Mentally and physically, it's draining. I was given everything 110%, whether it was to life, to work, to boxing, to everything, and you can't do that. You just, you physically can't. You can't always turn up 100%. So when I came back this time in October, I listened for the first time in my entire career. I stuck to a game plan. I stuck to, um, uh, I stuck to, uh, routine and I stuck to training routine so every day um, I had a particular training session whether it was weights in the morning boxing in the evening running weights and running in the morning weights and rowing it changed every day but I stuck to the exact same routine every single day for my coaches when normally I completely derail and I do my own thing or I'd, I'd go 110% I'd overtrain my diet be wrong, my sleep would be wrong, um, my attention span wouldn't be there because I'd be taking on too much. But I, I actually, believe it or not, in the last three, four months, I changed it all and I stuck to what my coach uh, told me. If I went up one more, one day and they seen I was drained, I was tired, they'd tell me to go home and I'd go home. If he didn't want me to train, I wouldn't train. And normally I'd just be like, no, I can't, I have to. Um, I feel like something's not right if I don't train or I might lose something in a day if I don't train but it that's not the reality of it it's just something I had in my head but I did I changed all of that um, and I got more way more discipline this time around uh, than I've ever had um, I haven't I haven't derailed from my diet plan my sleep routine my training since I started in October been the exact same for the last like four four nearly five months five months I'm back and nothing has changed and it's the most consistent I've been in my whole entire career but they they were the massive flaws that I did have massive flaws and I tend to take on too much and my other thing as well is taking on other people's um 
people's uh, baggage, we'd say. And this time around, with my preparation, I made sure that didn't happen. I was always there for everybody. Don't get me wrong. I am still always there for everybody. But I came that one bit selfish that I need to become to be ready and prepared. See, no one understands for athletes the mental, psychological side that needs to be prepared properly for an athlete to perform and be ready. You can't have any... You can't have any badness around you. You can't have any upset. You can't have any sorrow stories. You can't have anything. Like your mentality needs to be completely clear. It needs to be free. It needs to be fresh. Um, your And your focus needs to be solely on the goal and the task ahead. So you can't be listening to, oh, sorry, he's after doing this. Oh, she's after doing this. You can't like. And the unfortunate thing about people that are outside athletes, they don't understand the... Um, the, how much it weighs on a boxer's mentality um, if they're taking on too much. So that's another thing I did learn to become. I learned to become selfish. I learned to stop giving myself to everybody. And I learned to put myself first. I am 100% becoming selfish in the right way to put myself first, to become number one at boxing in European world level, everything, because it's my time now. I've uh, given so much of my time to everybody, even in regards to a personal trainer. My God, I've done everything for everybody and nothing for myself. I've always put myself uh, second, but I'm not doing that anymore. So that's a massive flaw I did have that I also learned to change as well. You mentioned three things there that I want to dig at. So I'm going to say them out loud so I don't forget them. The first one was the idea of reflection. The second one was the idea of sleep. And the third one was the importance of mental preparation, which is, which is, of course, my main interest. So the first one, reflecting. You mentioned you journaled. I'm wondering, do you journal about your performance or talk to me about the reflection process? So I actually journal about day-to-day -day life, my performance, about everything. I'll reflect on my training session, how it went, how I'm progressing throughout every day, every training session, um, every week. My work is a massive thing as well because I actually really enjoy my work and how I progress there and how I'm getting on there. So I reflect on that. I also reflect on my relationships. I've learned to reflect a lot on what people give me and what I give out. So when you give out, you expect to get back. Well, you, you should. You shouldn't expect it so much because everybody's different. But you should get something back. So I reflect an awful lot on that and see what I'm getting out of people and the importance of who's more important than who and who shouldn't I be around in certain times and stuff. I know it's really bad to say, but you know there is certain people that you can't be around at a certain time because of how much they can take out of you. Yeah. Like, I can't be around people that bitch and gossip and they're just negative because it just drains the life out of me. I just can't. It's not being rude or anything. I'm the type of person... If I don't even know you in the street, Jimmy, and I see your, uh, you look well, or there's something where you're wearing something I like, I will turn around and say, "Oh my God, that's lovely! Oh my God, you look so well!" I'll get out and I'll hold the door for a random person. I'll stop my car and make sure somebody can pass. That small, like, nice gesture you do for somebody, they could be having the worst day in the world. That one nice gesture could completely change everything for them in that day, and their day could go so much better than what it was going. That's, they're the type of reflections that I make. It's what I, as a high-performance athlete, it's not about just being a high-performance athlete. It's about how you carry yourself and conduct yourself outside. So if you have people that know you and see that you're a lovely person, have really nice things to say, like my coach said it to me the other day, and that's a massive reflection that I had. 
is how much I impacted everybody in the boxing community. The welcoming I got when I went up to the elites, uh, Jimmy, after being away for six years was just, I mean, mind-blowing. There wasn't one person that didn't wasn't happy that I was back or one person that didn't have a nice thing to say about me. It, and that's what you need. It just goes to show the impact you have on people that's so positive and not negative because there's so many negative people out, people out there. So that's a massive reflection that I had on myself that made me so happy and so proud. Even six years ago when I was an athlete and I think I've grown so much in the six years that I was such a great person that made such an impact in other people's lives. Just being around them and just being the athlete I was being like. So it's reflections like that. Yeah, brilliant. The other thing was the sleep. Uh, I'm fascinated by sleep. I think it's really important. And I think things like improving mental health and improving sleep, I suppose, stuff away from the ring. I think these things are as important as the preparation for in the ring. So talk to me about your sleep routine. Talk to me about what you think the relationship between sleep and high performance is. So if I don't get any, um, if I don't get any less than, or we'd say if I don't get eight hours sleep, we'd say I can't perform. If I get more than eight hours sleep, I am like dog tired. I'd be better off if I get seven more rather than get nine. Too much is too much for me. I really understand my sleep, especially more in the last couple of months. Um, my routine. So I have a structured routine where the time my phone goes off, the time I turn off my telly, I listen, turn on my meditation every every night. No matter what it is, it's just the sounds. They they soothe me and they help me sleep really, really well. So, like, if I'm on days, my training session finishes at 8 o'clock, I'll have a shower, I'll prep my meals. I'm in bed by 9 o'clock, I'm asleep by half nine, Jimmy, every single night. And that's there's no diverting from it. And when I'm asleep by half nine, some mornings I'd wake up at half four or five. That's my body clock. I'm awake. And that's perfect because I get up at five o'clock to go to the gym. Even on a Saturday and Sunday, so when we train on a Saturday, I do the Olympic lifting in uh, Elevate on a Saturday morning at 10 o'clock. And then I probably meet some family or whatever, but I'm in bed by five, half five, resting, just completely resting. When I've nothing to do, um, Jimmy, and I don't have to be anywhere, I'm in bed resting exactly where I need to be. You need to uh, prioritize your time and your rest period so, so well, because you can't, you can't, you physically cannot be all go if you want to perform. So I managed it so well. I was in bed early and same again. I was asleep by nine, half nine, up early Sunday morning. I was in the gym by seven, eight o'clock. And that was my routine every day. On my nights then, um, I go to bed by half one, two o'clock sometimes because it's really hard to switch off after a night shift. But I'd say the first first few weeks on night shifts, I was finding myself wake up at seven o'clock, which isn't good at all. But I'd get up and I'd go to the gym. I'd work myself up so I'm able to go back to bed and I go back to bed for two or three hours and there's my eight hours. So if you manage to get it in, even if it's a broken cycle, to get me? If you do six here and two here, just make sure you get in enough where you have enough time to recover. It's so, so important. I found there was days where I did not sleep properly and I could not perform. The energy levels were on the floor. It was like, it's like being a mix of um, lack of food and lack of sleep, uh, which are two of the massive factors that you cannot have in uh, boxing or in preparation for a massive competition like this because mentality um uh it the mentality scale drops uh your mental strength drops um your high risk of injury energy level drops your performance your how you think everything just it all factors in like you just can't be uh, a functioning person without food and sleep at all 
So that's where food, sleep, stress, and training, the four main factors. If one of them is out of sync, you're completely out of sync. That's how important it all comes down to. And people don't think about it enough. They don't factor it in enough. And it needs to be factored in 110%. You need a routine. You need a schedule. And it needs to be stuck by. Even in, down to your food. You should be fueling your body every three to three and a half hours. And people have a massive flaw in that. Because you could be in work and they could go four or five hours without um, eating. And they'd be like wondering why they're sluggish. Or wondering why the energy levels are low. Or wondering why they're not losing weight. They're all massive factors that need to be um need to be fixed. A question from James Sweeney, male body James. Um, he wants to know where do you think you'd be if it hadn't been for the injuries? We already touched on your misfortune with the injuries. Where do you think you'd be? I definitely think I would have been at European and world level, if not even um going for Olympics, a hundred and ten percent. Um I was one hundred percent good enough. Uh, I was just as good as Kelly. I should have been up with them, uh, winning medals to beat the band, to be honest with you. Um, I definitely believe I would be at the top tier, 100%, if I didn't get injured. But I'm not going to dwell on that. I'm not going to get um, uh, dragged down by it either. I think a lot of things happen for a reason, and maybe it just wasn't my time back then. Um, I believe... 100% maybe it wasn't but I do 150% believe it's my time right now that I am ready to take on the world at European and uh, world level I'm ready to win every medal that comes at me I'm ready to compete in every competition and yeah no one's going to stop me at all so I definitely believe everything that happens for a reason I think my time is now Brilliant you mentioned a few minutes ago that people don't understand the importance of the the mental side of it, I think. I don't know, was that your exact words? So tell me, how much emphasis do you put on mental preparation? Um, Believe it or not, um, a lot of my preparation is down to mental side of it. Like, um, I think the key to being mentally ready is a lot to do with how organized you are, how your routine is, how your sleep is, how your food is. Make sure everything ticks off. You need to tick off every single box. Like, if I wake up in the morning and I'm tired, my head is wrecked because I know then my energy levels, unless I get asleep in or I, I find some way to balance out my energy levels, my day isn't going to be that great. I'm going, I find it really hard to even talk to people, let alone function when I'm tired, Jimmy. And it may come across as I'm just being snotty or whatever, but it's just not the case. I physically cannot function if I'm tired. I just can't. And I'm one of these people that have the like world's amount of energy and um when i'm uh, bogged down by lack of energy it, it plays in my mind which isn't great at all because I'm, i am one of these like um people that are full of energy would talk talk to you all the time and then when i'm not that person it does it plays on my mind but it could only be like that for one day so like that you need to reflect why was i that tired what went wrong why was my sleep out of sync? Was I waking up? Because I do have tendencies where I wake up at night and that could completely put me off. Um, a broken sleep is worse than having no sleep, to be honest with you. And that that can be um, a massive play in it. So in regards to um, mental state, I, if there's anything going on around me, I don't get caught up in it. Um, I stay out of anything that doesn't involve me. People talk about negative things, whether it's going on in the world, whether it's going on in families. I completely dissociate myself from it. If it's nothing to do with me, there's no need for me to be taking it in because it's completely irrelevant. It does nothing for me. 
and my life to be knowing any badness that's going on. So why should I be bogged down by any negativity? So I don't let it. I keep myself around more positive people than I can. I I completely close off from negativity, and I think that's what helps my mental my mentality massively. Um, if there's something wrong in regards to me performing, so there was times where my spars weren't great. And, um, oh, my God, I nearly had a meltdown. I'm like, oh, my God, am I ever going to get this? I'd go and I'd have a chat with my brother, which would just kind of um, do a whole 180 on how I'm viewing it and how I'm thinking about it and just turn the positive into it. You're not going to be at your best now. And that's what I kept. Tried to be my best too soon, and I just wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to peak. So I just kept getting really bogged down. I'm like, oh, my God, it's not coming. It's not working. I'm just not getting it. And then I got the realization that it just needs to take time. I just need to just give it time. I don't have the best patience, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. I really don't. I'm and that's another massive flaw, actually. I forgot to say my patience. Oh my God, not good at all. Like I want everything yesterday, which isn't a fact. It just can't happen, especially as an athlete. It happens. It needs to take its time. It needs to run its course. So that's another thing I need to like, I definitely need to work on a bit more, but I am getting a bit better. So that they're, they're massive um, key, key components that I need to work on and they're um, things to help with mentality. Just how you get your, let yourself get bogged down and how you deal with situations, I think is just a massive, massive factor. And the people you let into your life. I was watching this, um, I was watching this podcast the other day and it's like, uh, fill your glass. So I'm filling my glass myself right now because I'm trying to be the best version of myself for everybody else around me. Because if everyone sees that I can do it, uh, they can do it. Um, I'm just a person, a girl from Clamel, like, um, and, and now I'm planning on taking over the world. So if I can do it, you can do it. And another thing they said, people are in your life for a season. They may, may not be there for a lifetime. So if you're around people when you're grown and they're not grown as fast as you, Jimmy, they're not supposed to be in your life. And that's just the reality of it. There's nothing you can do about it. It's how you deal with it and how you, in lame terms, get rid of them before they bog you down and they take you out of your stride because obviously they're just not meant to be there. So it's just things like that that really need to be thought about. And people definitely need to listen to more podcasts. <laughs> listen to this one. Um yeah. That leads into a lovely question, another question from James. He asks, lots of young people are looking up to Kaylee Taylor and Kelly Harrington. What advice would you give to up-and-coming athletes in Clamwell, and do you hope you can be an influence to young athletes in Clamwell? Um, Never give up, never give in. Um, Matt, they're like so bold uh, but they have everything in those two statements never give up never give in no matter how hard the situation is no matter how hard your training is no matter how hard life is never give up and no matter how hard anything is never give in chase your dreams and go for it all no matter how people are doing around you no one's ever going to be wanting to reach the stars as much as you are I've been surrounded by people my entire life that never had the expectations that I've had, but it never stopped me. It just made me want to grow even more and that hope, hopefully it reflects something on them and they might want to do the exact same. People have a terrible tendency of staying in their lane or staying in their comfort zone. And it's not the reality of life. It's not how you grow as a person. It's not how you grow as a performing athlete. It's not how you grow at anything. People get um, stuck in the one job because it's comfortable. 
But who wants to live in a comfort life? It's just, it's boring. Go chase your dreams. Go, if there's something you want to do, go do it. Don't stay in the safe zone because you're going to be miserable for the rest of your life. Chasing a job that's nine to five or chasing a paycheck or just being stuck in a rut. You don't do that. If you want to go travel, go explore the world. Do whatever makes you happier. Do whatever that can make you grow as a person because people get stuck in a circle that they're not growing in. If you look around and you see that the people that are around that are pulling you down, not making you grow, um, you're not in the right circle. You're not in the right place. You're not in the right job. So I really, really um, get, I'd really uh, try to get people to reflect on that and see where they're at in their life and see exactly where they are or where they want to be going or what they want to be doing. I don't think people reflect enough or, and people definitely don't have high expectations either because they just settle and the world isn't about settling. You just shouldn't. I just don't think it's a it's a good way to live or a good way to be and that's where you find people so miserable or sad and that's where mental health issues come in. It's because of what you're doing and what you're surrounding yourself around. You make those changes for yourself, your whole life will change. And yes, I do want to be a massive influence for people. I have a story as long as my arm for the life that I've had in regards to injuries, setbacks. Like I've I've had everything but the kitchen sink thrown at me. And I've still made it. I've still made it, became an elite champion. I'm going up to train with the high performance. I'm back up with the team. I'll be back up with the team that I was with a few years ago, back up with the best, top tier again. And I plan on uh, winning medals in European and world level. I plan on taking on the world. I want everything. I'm ready to take everything. But I wouldn't have done that if I didn't um, persevere, if I didn't get, uh, if I gave up, if I didn't want to reach my goals, if I didn't stay in my comfort zone, if I didn't stay that girl that was down in the pub on a Friday night, if I didn't go to my coaches and just tell them that I want to come back, I want to win an elite title. If I didn't do that, I'd be still in my lane. I'd be still this person that people just bypass and be like, oh yeah, she used to be a boxer. Oh, remember what she used to do. I didn't want to be that. I didn't want to be a person that, oh, what if she came back? I'm not about what ifs. I don't want to be living in regret. I don't want to be living back in the past. Like, what if I came back? That's why I made a vow to myself. All the goals that I set out, I want to be elite champion. I want to win a European gold medal, um, a, a European gold medal and a world gold medal because I'm good enough to do it. I'd love to turn pro. It's definitely not off the cards. I have a pro style. If I got off, offered an opportunity after winning medals this year, I'd turn pro next year. No joke. I dedicate my life to this sport because I love it. And then another goal then after I conquer the world, I'd love to travel and see Australia. So I'm going to, I have these goals set out and now I'm mentally strong enough to achieve them. So I'm going to go do them. So if there's anything I tell people is reflect on where they're at, reflect on what they're doing and set out a plan. Everybody in the world should have a three to five year plan. I've had it since I was 18, just never done it. So now I'm starting to do it. Okay. Everybody needs to have a vision, even a vision board. I'm actually going to buy a new one today. I have a board on my wall. That's a calendar. And I, I write in everything I'm doing throughout the day, whether it's down to work and my training. And then I have this board, which I have to put a new vision on that. I wrote on it in November as elite senior champion, 66, 63 kilos, 2023. I wrote on it in November and I wake up looking at it every morning have that if you have a vision or something you want to do in your life um have it in the wall you start to see it every morning see it believe it achieve it 
it's all about manifestation guys look it up it's it works work hard enough for something you'll receive it brilliant two more questions shauna i'm conscious of time we've been talking for nearly an hour now tell me about you at your best if i was to watch you what would i see what's it feel like so me at my best to be honest um i would say me at my best um when i stick to a game plan so the semi-final 100% i stuck to a game plan and i executed so well i i um even if i didn't punch first i always finished last and I always got out of the way so that was that was a massive performance for me um i didn't get caught very much um, I box box extremely well, extremely extremely well. So when you see a game plan being executed absolutely perfectly, you don't see me getting hit very often, and uh, you see me uh, going to the corner with my head held high with a big smile on my face. I was actually like, uh, I watched back the fight and I had to laugh. And the semi final because I was so eager in the ring and so excited, I was like a bull going for a red, a red flag we'd say, and she was the red flag. I was literally like, my head was coming forward. It's like I was being held back every time I went back. That's me. That's me at my best. There's the excitement. There's the readiness. There's just completely ready to just steal this fight. Um, and all about ring, uh, ring presence as well. When you're at your best, take over the center of the ring. Have control. Being in control, showing that you're in control of the um, ring and that opponent. That's when you're at your best. And tell me this. Mentally, every time you step into the ring, what are you trying to achieve? Um, I'm trying to achieve uh, the best performance I can achieve. I'm stick to a game plan. Uh, game plan. Sorry. Listen to my corner. Execute the punches. Execute the combinations to a T. Um, learn. Adapt. There's something that needs to be changed. Be ready to change it. But make sure my um, performance level comes up even 5-10% every single round, every single punch and every single fight. That's how you know you're progressing as an athlete. The big question. Are you ready for this? Yeah. What do you think are the key ingredients needed to achieve high performance? So I actually, I thought an awful lot about this and I actually found a pyramid that I've been working off. So I'm going to explain it to you down to a T. Go so for it. I would highly recommend that you write this down, okay? So it's a pyramid. The bottom tier is foundation, the middle tier is development, and the top tier is performance. So the key factors to foundation is fluid balance, sleep, energy, recovery, body composition, routine, consistent training, and healthy diet. Okay, so that's foundation, which are massive components. I'd even put them near the top, like because if they're not in sync, your performance is completely gone. Then development, um, your test analysis, uh, basic mon monitoring, wellness monitoring, training planning, training goals and process, which are all things we've been talking about for the last hour, which they're massive uh, factors also. And then the top tier is performance. So performance modeling, which will come down to how you perform in your sparring. So how you perform in your sparring and your training is how you're going to conduct yourself in the ring. So if you're not sparring well, you're not going to box well. So it all it all plays in. Uh, your detailed monitoring. So how you perform in your uh, sparring to how you perform in your next sparring. Are you still making the same mistakes you used to make? Are you changing things that needed to be changed? They all need to be uh, monitored and factored in. Your long-term performance, uh, your planning, and your daily readiness to train. 
So that's another massive one. You need to have the attitude to want to turn up every time, no matter how tired you are. Put your tiredness aside and be ready to perform, be ready to train to the best of your ability, no matter what. That's what makes a key athlete, I think. There's times you don't want to turn up, but when you turn up in those times, they're the most important times. Everybody needs to remember that. Correct me if I'm wrong. Some thoughts coming to my mind based on that. The foundation phase, you're mentioning sleep, you're mentioning diet. Recovery. As we were saying earlier, a lot of this, a lot of these things are away from the actual performance. It's the 1% away from performance that are adding up. The easiest thing, uh, Jimmy, is to turn up in the ring. Everything else outside of it is so hard. But that's where it all matters once it all plays into play and you get the results like I got. The only reason I won the elites on Saturday is because of the preparation that I did over the last four months. It's not about how I turned up in the ring. It's everything that came into play over the four months, whether it's um, recovery, whether it's sleep, whether it's diet, whether it's performance, whether it's how I um, manage my time, um, my uh, how I manage my mental headspace, everything. It all played in. Like, it can't be just the one thing. The easiest thing is turning up for training. The easiest thing is turning up in the ring. Everything else outside of it is so hard. And it has nothing to do with boxing, but it all plays into boxing. Do you get me? It has yeah. nothing to do with you're learning to get in the ring or how you're performing in the ring. But it does. If 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 those um if those key factors aren't all factored in and we say it's like um a recipe for a good cake or something. If one ingredient is missing, the cake fails or the cake doesn't um like blow up in the oven or whatever. Um that's the way it works. That's the way it boils down. Everything has to factor in. It all has to play its own card. It's the only way you'll get maximum performance and that's how you become a high performance athlete. And the other thought that came to mind in the performance part of that pyramid, you mentioned sparring, you mentioned game plan, you mentioned kind of improving. So like we were saying, this idea of reflection and young people ask me all the time, what do high performers always do? And I always say they reflect. So it sounds like that's a key part of that pyramid as well. Massive. Um, what I'd recommend, so to what I used to do back in 2017 on the high performance, after you do your training, so we're up, I'm up there now tomorrow and the first training session we have a school combat and bag session. So I'd highly recommend out the school combat because school combat sparring and pad work is massive for key preparation and uh, progression. Um, write down what you're learning. So whether it's block and block an attack or counter-attack write down exactly what you're doing in the sparring so you can practice back in training uh write down what you feel your weakest at in your training uh what you need to learn more everybody's good at something so you shouldn't be when when, when you're good at something you should be focused on uh, growing something you're weaker at so that's how you'll reflect on your performance to train you want to get all around good at everything whether it's going forward whether it's going on back foot whether it's hooking off whether it's counter punching anything so if there's something that you feel you need to work on, you need to reflect on, the only way you can do it is if you sit down with a pen and a piece of paper after your spar, or even sit down with your coach. I do it all the time now. What do you think I need to work on? My massive thing, I, I have an unbelievable job and I don't throw it enough. And first outputs, it cause absolute havoc for boxers, but I don't do it enough and I really, really need to. 
But every single session, when I finished, I asked my corner, so what do I need to reflect on? What do I need to do more? So that's what you need to do. You, if you don't ask, you won't get. And it's very hard to remember everything in your fight yourself, let alone your spar, because I think adrenaline and everything just completely takes over. So ask. You need to ask. It's the only way you can grow. But then write it down and practice. Practice makes perfect, but perfect practice makes perfect. Wise words from Martin Fennessy. <laughs> That's another good point you mentioned there, the idea of asking for feedback. Asking for feedback can be daunting, but I think for people chasing high performance, I think the people who achieve high performance are the ones who are actively seeking feedback. How else are you going to know what you need to um, progress on or you need to learn or get better on if you don't ask? Not everybody has a camera there to record what you're doing or how you're performing. Yeah, how are you supposed to know? Because you don't remember everything you do in the ring. It's so, so hard. If anyone comes up to me and tells me as a boxer, they remember every single punch they executed. I'll shake their hand. I will honestly shake their hand because I find it extremely hard. Do you get caught up in the moment? There's a thing called flow state. And there was a boxer I seen in flow state um, in the elites on the Saturday night. And it was just, oh my God, it's exceptional. Watching a fighter in the ring um, in flow state is like watching art. It's just beautiful. And it's very hard to get into flow state. But when you get in, it's very hard to remember what, what you're doing because it's like your body, it's your consciousness taking over. And the punches just flow. So like the only way you can remember or you can ask what you need to work on or you need to reflect on is if you ask your corner. I just say to him, or even just try and make it out a day where every week or every month you sit down and you reflect on how your month went. See where you're strongest at and see where your weakest at and your weakest points you grow. And that's the only way you'll um, grow as a performer. Lovely. Shauna, I really enjoyed that. Thank you very much, Jimmy. It flew. <laughs> it did fly. Do you have any, any comments you want to say to my listeners before we sign off? Um, Just follow your dreams. Don't settle for any less. Make sure you're waking up absolutely happy in everything you do in life, work, anything. And um, yeah, just be happy. Thank uh, my coaches for everything that they've done for me. Um, without them, none of this would have been possible. So I have to give them massive, massive uh, gratitude. So, yeah. I'll, I'll have to get Martin on the podcast, I think. You'll have to. He's next. He's a wise man. Thank you very much. I enjoyed that. If you have any questions or interesting work with me, you can drop me an email to jimmy.williams at outlook.ie. Sound out. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed our latest episode. If you listen on an Apple device, please consider leaving a review and a five-star rating. 